Hi, all, and welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadeau. And I'm Julie Loy. And this is a podcast, two best friends on a mission of finding balance in motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between as we attempt to crawl towards the greater height that Christ has called each of us, sainthood. So if you are also far from perfect but are trying, then you are in good company. So grab a latte and some laundry and join us as we laugh, cry, encourage one another, and dust each other off as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. We're back. Episode two. Yeah. Uh, this is Julie and Suzanne, and we are here with Latte and Laundry. And last time we ended with this idea of some awful thing that might have happened, but God redeemed with his grace, and God took it and helped us see it in a different light. So we wanted to start this podcast with that in mind. So Suzanne, do you want to start us off? Um, sure. Okay. So unfortunately, I was hoping to come back to week two of our podcast with this like heroic story of when I really felt the the mom spiral starting to happen or the wifey spiral starting to happen, but I overcame it with God's grace. Um, I'm not sure I totally overcame it in the moment, but it, it was kind of like one of those experiences where it was redeemed afterwards because I became so aware of, hey, you didn't weren't leaning into your vocation. You totally let those little things that poke and prod at you make it so you lost your peace. You looked around the un- the injustices and what was not fair. So sadly, mine, and ironically, mine took place in the church at Mass. So that's of always awesome. Uh, we recently just went to Mass for a holy day and we we're like, okay, well, there's a vigil 7 p.m. We're going to do this. We're going to go like, oh yeah, the baby will be fine. This is going to be a great experience. Um, and of course, you go in the middle of COVID. The church is pretty empty because people aren't attending in person often right now. And then you go on a holy day in the middle of COVID and it's like really quiet. So first it started off with my family coming into mass and um, we came 15 minutes early. I was actually like, this is going to be phenomenal. We're usually like five, 10 minutes late because we can't get our act together. But this day we were early and um, a couple sitting a couple pews ahead of us, we walked in, the kids are just talking. We're playing I spy with the religious figures and in the church, the Marys and the Jesuses and the saints and stuff. And um, the couple right in front of us just looked back at us, got up and moved far away in the church. So that just started off mass like, okay, I know what this is like. I see what's going on. Uh, And basically what ended up happening was I got up probably four to five times by the request of my children to leave to take one to the bathroom. One had a accident. One needed to pee. One was dying of thirst. Then the baby was screaming. And it was one of those times where I finally, after the fourth or fifth time, and um, my husband was just like such a powerhouse sitting there, like with such grace and mass, like watching the little ones as I'm running in and out. And I just like, by the fifth time when somebody was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And the baby was screaming again. I was like, I have already, literally took them, I turned and looked at my family. I was like, I have already gotten up four or five times this mess. <laughs> Somebody take care of this. And of course, my husband being the saint that he is, just like, whoop, swooped up the baby, walked out of church. And I was just like, oh, okay. So, so then I like totally like lifted it to God. I'm like, I'm literally in his presence. And I'm like, Suzanne, you can't get your act together when you're in his presence. I mean, there, it was enough of my kids and my family pulling at my heart and my bo- literally physical body and like testing my patience. But I feel like God was giving me a great opportunity to succeed and 
I'm still crawling with like these baby steps that trying to grow in virtue. So afterwards, um, I had to apologize to my husband. I'm like, just so you know, that was not intended at you. I wasn't upset with you. I just was losing my mind because I just felt like, can I just have a moment of peace in church? And um, he was obviously really uh, forgiving and such a good hubby. But yeah, so that was my ironically not super successful, but self-aware moment in the presence of our Lord in Of mass. course. So that was great. Oh my goodness. How yeah, those moments are impossible. No. It's impossible. You're like, God's grace, God's grace. Yes, please, please, please. Oh my goodness. How about yeah. you, girl? Mine was not at church. Um, mine was at home. And it's was one of those moments where I was like, I'm going to have a few minutes to myself. Yes. So I got the baby down. I got, uh, my eldest was gone. He was with daddy out on an errand. So I had the two middle kids and I was like, I got them ready to go outside. And of course it's a process. It's like, the boots and it's snow. It's snowy. So the the snow pants, the coats, and I got everybody ready. Everyone had gone to the bathroom. They're outside. I'm like, great. I'm going to wash dishes. I got the dishes done. And I literally sat down, boop, finished cleaning. And my three-year-old, mommy, <gasps> I was like, no. okay, okay. I just get back up. I go to the door. I poopied. And I was no. like, no. And of course he's potty training. So he's wearing underwear. So we get him inside, get him all cleaned up. And I was like, it's okay, pal. Like this moment where normally I'd be like, come on, I yeah. want a minute. And this like monster mommy comes out. So I was like, all right, all right. Oh we're going to calmly Yay, deal win. with the situation. And then I get him all cleaned up, get the snow pants back on, get the coat back on, throw him back outside. Okay, good job, good job. And then all of a sudden I close the door and the baby wakes up. <gasps> and I was like, no. <laughs> but you had to laugh probably I in that did, moment. I did. You're like, this is hilarious, God. Oh my gosh. I was very happy I found joy in the moment. Oh, I feel like as a mom, especially right now in our season of just having a bunch of little ones, like you have to laugh at these moments. Like you have to laugh. When, you go crazy otherwise. Oh, like how could you not laugh when you're in mass and you just were interrupted for five or six bathroom breaks? People needing to pee and poop all the time and you just want to be in the presence of our Lord. Like, didn't kind of laugh in the moment. I wish I could have <laughs> done a better job like you did in the moment of laughing. So. Okay, but I'll tell you, there were like 54 other times when I did not react that way. So, <laughs> okay, so those were our successful and half successful moments um, yes. this past week. And yeah, so we just wanted to, last week we had touched on a lot into the story of Martha and Mary, the story everybody thinks when they think, who are Martha and Mary, right? Which was the um, when Jesus came into their home and Mary sat at his feet and Martha did all the serving. But this week we wanted to kind of like dive into another story, another pivotal story that Martha and Mary are part of. And that's the when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. So we kind of wanted to dive in there. And if you're okay, I might just read um, some of the beginning there and then we can kind of move from there. Okay. Absolutely. So we're going to go into John chapter 11. Now a man was ill. Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Martha, Mary, and his sister Martha. So the sister sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Mm. And I kind of have to like mic drop a little bit on that one because right, there's a couple things I feel like are so... And we talked about this before we even started the podcast, that this, this chapter of raising of Lazarus is so meaty, 
So I feel like even just these first few verses, like there's so much we could dive into. But I think one thing I just want to point out is how like Martha and Mary set, like listen to how Lazarus is set apart, right? Like Jesus, the one you love is ill. And I think I always thought of John, the apostle as, oh, the beloved, like the intimate one close to Jesus. And like right here, like they refer to their brother as the one you love, the one you love. And I think there's something so beautiful in that. And then it says, and this is like something that's was totally my eyes, like our Lord had totally opened my eyes to when reading through this, this time around. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So look at the, the next line, the next word in the next verse. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. I mean, okay, wait a minute. Because he loved them, he did not go. Because he loved them. It wasn't like, okay, well, and I think I, I as a kid, I always heard this, the story, and I hadn't really listened to the word so. And I always heard it as like, okay, well, they're yelling at Jesus and they're like, hey, our brother's ill. And Jesus is like, all right, well, now that you're trying to tell me what to do, I'm going to stay here for a couple <laughs> more days, right? We talked about that last week where, Martha was like, Jesus, don't you see what's happening? Don't you see this injustice? Like, and she was demanding of God, right? And I think I always heard this as like, Jesus putting a big hand to their faces, like, slow down. Now I'm not coming. I'm going to like spite your request. Kind of like how I often spiral myself as if I feel very demanded at. I think our human nature often sometimes is to be like, okay, you demanded a request out of me. So now I really don't want to do what you need me to do, right? And I think I kind of always kind of heard Jesus's response in that is that. But if we really look at this verse five and six, that says that he loved them. And so when he heard that, he waited for two days in the place where he was. And I think um, it, it gets even clearer as to why he waited when we jump ahead to verse 14, right? So what happens in between there is He's talking to the, his disciples and he's telling them that Lazarus is asleep. And they're like, well, Jesus, if, it's, if Lazarus is asleep, go wake him up. And he's like, oh gosh, this is when Jesus <laughs> kind of does his little like, oh, my cute little disciples. I'm not talking about like sleep. I'm talking about he's, he's dead, right? So he says, Jesus said to them, clearly then Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him, mm. right? And that's, I feel like, where a lot of our hearts fall. And like Jesus is so beautiful in here is that we don't do good in the waiting, right? We often have so many prayers that we're earnestly like heavy on our hearts and we're like, like with such fervor praying and he wants us to come to him. It's not like he doesn't want us to, he wants us to come to him. And we don't always know why is it he is not necessarily answering our prayers when or ever in the way or the timing that we want him to answer him. I feel like the waiting is my struggle. That's my, that's my cross that I, I have a hard time in my prayer. I'm like, this is a good thing, God. Why are you not answering this? And I feel like the apostles, the disciples were there and they're saying, you love him. Like, what are you this, doing? This Let's is go. like your best buddy. Why are you not helping him? And, and in that, it's so hard to wait. When we see in our prayer life, God, I'm praying to you. I'm begging you. Why are you not answering it in the way that I want? Yeah. You know, it's that Martha, like you said, that Martha of, 
Jesus, tell my sister. And we do that to him all the time. Jesus, don't you see? Help my daughter. You know, we we dealt with my daughter, my my poor child. So, you know, she struggled with her speech her whole life. And, I, and my husband, and I prayed fervently, just God show us what to do. Help us, help us know where to bring her, what doctors to see, just lead us in the right direction. We kept feeling like, God, where are you? And we'd hit row bumps and row bumps. And, and there's that trust. Mm. I can't see what you're doing, God. I don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but we trust Mm. and we need him in those moments. I feel like the disciples were doing the same thing. They're kind of like waiting. He's sick. He's ill. Why are we not going? But it's in that waiting that I feel like we're kind of pulled. We're, Mm. it's painful for us, Mm -hmm. but it's in that moment that we can say to God, like, I hand this over to you. But I kind of think that's like part of the beauty is Christ is actually trying to meet us in that waiting. Like that is like, sometimes that's, it's in that waiting and that like unknown where he actually wants us. Like that is him moving, is in our waiting, right? And it's funny because I I heard the other day, like something somebody said, and it just like kind of floored me. And I was like, oh, it's so true. Um, a lot of people are familiar with, and I know Jules, you've read it and I've read it and we're kind of obsessed. Um, Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages, right? And there's all the five different love languages. And I heard someone make a reference the other day that if God had his own primary love language, it would probably be trust. And I think it's so true. We see it time and time again. And and trust isn't one that's listed in, in the five love languages, but it seems like God is so moved. By trust, right? It's like how he receives our love. And it's like, it's like, you know, the woman who grabs, if I could just touch a piece of your clothing, like I would be healed. And he's like, oh, woman, by your faith alone, you have been saved, right? And it's like, that's what's like almost what he's doing here. He's like pushing and stretching them in their trust and their faith. And I mean, for myself, like with my kids, I've, I've seen this happen time and time again, where like, I think as moms, like we constantly our minds are like spinning with you know especially as my kids start to get older like things we worry or we fear for them or like Julie you were saying with with your daughter and her speech like and so we look up everything we just try to do all this research all this stuff because we got to figure it out we got to control it and and find all the answers and especially nowadays with Google it's dangerous when you like have anything you're worried about with your child because you're like okay let me find out what all thousands other people or Americans across the United States have said about this issue and I, I remember even specifically one example where I was having an issue with one of my kiddos and it was a, it was just something simple but it seemed like he was just having a really hard time emotionally and just going into school was always a big deal every day and it was like destroying me emotionally like I was just like really having a lot of anxiety and just like every time it was time for drop off my heart would start racing is he gonna like run away and like fall on the ground crying and I just like had such a hard time with this and um I was ruled by this like fear and this anxiety of having to figure it all out and I just remember one day like I dropped him off and he did it again and I just was like so overcome with like tears and so distraught. And I just remember running to um, a local coffee shop and going into the single stall bathroom. As disgusting as it was, I threw myself on the bathroom floor like, and just was sobbing and praying to our Lord and just saying like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. Like, 
I am trying to figure this out. I feel lost. I can't do it. Like, I need you to do this. I am, I am releasing this to you. I am just releasing all of this. I'm going to lay it at the foot of the cross and I am trusting that you like our sovereign good God who loves him so much more than my earthly love could even come close to touching that you will take care of this. And I don't even mean like this trust of like, okay, you're going to solve the problem right now. I just meant like, I have to give him to you. Like I have to just trust that you are in control and I can love him, right? And I don't think when we like always lean on trusting God that we always get our answers right away. But in that situation, and I found like in a number of situations where I, I have had by the grace of God alone been able to actually turn around and throw my trust to him that he has delivered. Like I remember doing that and like something that I was struggling with emotionally. Two days later, it was like, oh, no big deal. Like the kid was like, it was no longer an issue. And I feel like it was because my emotional angst that was all over this was just like released, right? And and God's not asking us to be like, okay, just trust me and do nothing. Because we're moms. Like we still have to figure things out. We do, sometimes we do need to Google the answers or like whatnot. And, and that's like the whole point, right? Like, like we talk about with the whole idea behind latte and laundry of like the journey of stilling our souls while moving our world. It's like that journey to still our souls and set our trust on our Lord while still moving. And that's where like, I find that, you know, Jesus is like giving it a perfect example right here to his disciples, to Martha and Mary. And he yeah. says, and I am glad for you that I was not there so that you may believe, like, so that you can see. And and for you, like with Felicity, I feel like sometimes when we don't have these like pure, beautiful prayers answered, like, right, you look at your daughter with her speech and you're like, God, only good things could come out of her speech healing. It's not like, God, I would love this huge mansion on the ocean. He doesn't answer <laughs> my prayer. You don't understand why, right? Like we can see, okay, well, he might've had some wisdom there. But like when our prayers are pure, looking for something and desiring something beautiful and good, it's really hard. And that's like Martha and Mary here. They're like, this is towards the end of Jesus's ministry, like here on earth. Like he has performed a ton of miracles up to this point. And Jesus himself being fully human, fully God, like he knew his time, at least on earth, because obviously he knows like he's going to spend eternity with Lazarus in heaven. But like he knew like, okay, these hours are limited that I have left with Lazarus. And he still waited in that like, painful, like, I'm not going to like jump. I know that. And Martha and Mary, their, their desire was pure. Like, I don't want my brother to be dead. He's a good man. Like you love him. Like he's the one you love yeah. Jesus. Right. It was a pure prayer. It was a yeah. pure desire that they had. But I feel like sometimes like Jesus knows that like, even though it's pure, like, and answering your prayer right now would be good, but maybe answering it later will be greater. And he, he allows us to have that pain. And I, I know for me personally, like that control, that need to feel like I'm in control of my situations. And I, I think here, they're kind of in the same boat where it's like, I want to be in control of Jesus. I know you can heal him. I know, I know I'm going to ask you this. And I know I really want you to do this. I want to be in control of the situation. It's almost like a fear. It's that, mm. that fear of it. And I know for, for us, like we had uh, problems with our fourth that, um, he was very small. I mean, like three pounds. And, and the doctors were getting us prepped for the NICU. And, and we knew that there was going to be issues. Um, and so my husband and I just prayed. Um, but I was like, well, I, I'm in control of this. This mm. is my, in my, you know, mm-hmm. this child's in me. And, mm-hmm. and I went, were meant, uh, went to uh, Crossroads Physical Therapy. Shout out to them. Mm. And the gentleman that runs the place was treating me. And he was just like, oh my goodness, you are holding on. Mm -hmm. You are trying to control everything that's happening here. 
And he was like, you, and just so beautifully, you need to give this to God. You need to trust that he's got your child. He's got you. And whatever happens, you did nothing. Mm. In this situation, God has a plan. He's got a purpose. You just have to trust. And he just reminded me, I have to let God be in control Mm. of all these situations. And it was so hard. It was so painful. But once I let go, Mm. oh my goodness. It was was like like freedom. Yeah, and I could find joy in my child, regardless of what was going to happen. And and we do. We find so much joy. Um, And I think for Martha and Mary, it was the same situation. And and as we see, we'll continue on with um, verse 17, because then it goes— to their beautiful um, hearts of what's to come. So it says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to him and met him. While Mary sat in the house, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And that's the trust. Oh, love it. That's that trust that we all want and desire mm-hmm. where you can just run to Jesus. I mean, she met him. Mm-hmm. She knew he was coming. Mm-hmm. She ran and she said, Lord, if you had only been here, yeah, I'm really sad you weren't. Yeah. But, but even then, yeah. even though it's not my plan, even though it's not mm-hmm. how I would have done mm-hmm. it, I say whatever, whatever you say, mm-hmm. it can be done. Yeah, I love that. I love it. And I think like there's a beauty too in seeing Mary and Martha and their little beautiful per- different personalities again so right different. here right so like Spitfire Martha right the one that like ran to Jesus in the house and was like don't you see <laughs> right she's not helping me Jesus she's the one that like Jesus is on his way back Mary stays back right she stays in the home peaceful calm like whatever and Martha though Martha's like no some something needs to be done let me go to Jesus right so she runs that little Spitfire Martha runs to Jesus and and like you said, I think there was a beauty in that. Like she was fiery and she was like, if you had come, he would be dead. But, but I trust you. And something else I, I find remarkable is Martha, even though she had this experience with Jesus and explaining to her, like Mary has found the better way. She didn't change her personality. Mm. She didn't become mm-hmm. her sister Mary, but she trusted Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she was able to, in her personality, which like you said, is a spitfire, yeah. yeah. which we relate to very yes, well. So well. Um, in that, she was able to find Jesus. And Mary continued on in, in how she finds Jesus. Yeah. Right? She right. waited there. She was praying. Mm. She was lamenting. She mm. was mm. with, with the other mourners. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so in this, they didn't change who they were, mm. but they changed their relationship with Jesus. So right. I think for me, a lot of times I'm like, I gotta, I gotta be a little bit less loud. I gotta be a yeah. little less, you know, myself. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, but that's that's Jesus loves no, Martha okay. for yeah, that. She yeah. lo- he loves Mary for that. Like he loves them as where they're at. Yeah. And I think we have to remind ourselves, like, he loves them yeah. as they are. And this world needs Mary's and it needs Martha's, right? Mm, like you like there's such a beauty in the differing of the personalities. And I think what we see here that's so wonderful is Martha got a bad rap in the in the previous story we discussed last week. And we kind of got to the heart of that, right? And I think here she's like, it's almost like a redemptive because she runs to him and she says, but Jesus, he would not have died if you had been here. And by the way, newsflash, like Jesus did not need to be there. Mm. Like Jesus could have healed from far away. It's been said, it's been done before. Just say the word, right? 
And so, so we know it was on purpose. It was, it was done purposefully. Yeah. But I think they all knew that. I think I think the disciples knew because they were waiting with him. And I think they all knew that there had to be something coming. And so in this moment, they're all kind of like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, okay, like, Jesus, what's happening? What's happening? happening? Like, yeah. And Ma- but Martha in that moment, it was almost like beautiful because she did run to him and she does have that underlying truth, right? Because she says it. She says, but like, I believe like you could still, like God can still do whatever that you desire for him to do. So she like knew that he could, like that was her just totally surrendering her trust. Even though like we saw last week where she was like, what the? Right? And she was like <laughs> restless and unsettled. There's a beauty in her like fiery personality here that's just like, I'm passionate. It's like, you know, the people that go out and like fight the injustices of the world, the social injustices and all that. Um, but when you do it with the grace carried and trusting and giving it all to Christ, you know, it moves him. It moves the world. So I think then when we get more into Mary's personality, if you want to read how. Yeah. So we'll go to uh, verse 28. It says, she went and called her sister Mary, saying quietly, the teacher is here and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Mm. We'll just pause there because I just, I, Jesus is calling for you. Mm. And she went. So even in her like introverted, yeah. like, I want to pray. I want to mourn. Jesus is calling me. I'm yeah. up. About, I'm, yeah. Whatever oh, yeah. you need. Run in Jesus. I got you. Whatever you need. And she yeah. went quickly to him. Mm. So I just, I thought that was very beautiful of Mary and her personality there. Um, then it says, then Mary, actually, you know what? I want you to read this part because I think the way you read this when Jesus weeps, I'm sorry, oh, I'm just jumping okay. ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Okay, I'm on it. And this is kind of like a, this is my favorite part. Exactly. Of this, I didn't want to take that from okay, you, girl. Yes, it is my favorite part. Okay. So when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became deeply troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, sir, come and see. And then this is like the part that like totally moves my soul. And Jesus wept, right? Oh, like Jesus was moved to tears. The, he knows within minutes, he is going to raise this man from the dead. But he was moved to tears for his love of Lazarus and for his love of Mary and the other Jews and Martha, obviously, because of their like pain and sorrow. And that's where I feel, I just feel like this is really beautiful because I feel like especially in today's world, we're often, I think we we can sometimes can get caught up in people complaining too much. And I think there's a difference between lamenting and complaining, right? So I even see it in, within the amongst my own friends and myself, where it's like, although I've had a number of crosses and things that I've carried um, over my life, like when life and like paper's really good, like, oh, I'm married. Oh, I have my kids. Oh, like things are good. Like nobody from the outside would look like you have anything to complain about. But if I'm having like really hard days and I'm feeling like heavy hearted about kids that are just out of control or meltdowns that are happening or just my lack of peace or, you know, all the things that are thrown into this world. I feel like sometimes there's not a freedom to lament and to cry and bring those tears to Christ, right? And I I see it within relationships of other women that I have where say, yeah, oh, they'll, they'll get on 
course of being upset or saddened by something and really feel heavy hearted about something and then almost feel guilty for feeling heavy hearted about something. And they'll be like, yeah, but my, but my life is good. So I shouldn't complain. I'm like, no, like, I don't, th- I don't think Christ is asking us to walk around complaining. But he like, he wants to meet us in our tears. Like Mary wept and Jesus wept. Oh, girl. Right? Oh. oh. I, I can't even. I, I, see, I see the human side of Jesus so deeply here. I mean, we know God is both, you know, two natures, human and divine, but it's in his human nature. He felt an array of emotions. He felt it all. He felt, we see anger. We see mm. joy. We see, we see love. We see passion. We see sadness. Yeah. And he was not sad in a despairing way. He was, he felt, he mm. felt what others felt. And he, he loved so deeply. So to see others so upset, mm. he felt and he wept with them. And yeah. I, I think you nailed it. I think we are free to weep. And Jesus weeps with us. It doesn't matter what it's for. Mm. He is in pain with us. And, and that is so much comfort because that is a true relationship there. You know, we we talk about this relationship between Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, and he wants that with us as well. Mm. And he wants to weep with us. He wants to be with us. Yeah. And sometimes we don't let him. And I He's think that's God. the beauty of it away. too, is like coming to him to mm. weep, right? So I've been thinking a lot about that. Like people who maybe don't have a strong relationship with Jesus and mm. they're in pain and they're struggling and that mm. struggle is real. And when you don't have Jesus to support you in that and you mm. don't fall to his feet, in those moments, I don't know how you get through. And I, that's been my prayer for a lot of people is to yeah. find Jesus in those moments. Yeah. And I feel like that whole idea is really like near and dear to my heart. Pretty heavy. Um, about I don't know, six plus years ago, I lost my brother tragi- tragically. And the moment my husband called me downstairs like at night and like, said what happened I instinctually like obviously fell to my knees sobbing and I ripped my crucifix off the wall I ran and grabbed my rosary and I just clung so tight and then I gathered with my siblings at two o'clock in the morning in a perpetual adoration chapel and it was just like oh the gift to be able to literally weep with Jesus like to go into his presence I trust and believe that Jesus is weeping with me. Like he sees my sorrow and my deep pain in those moments. And he like is waiting for us to come to him with those tears. And that's why I feel like it's really hard when, you know, it doesn't always have to be the, the enormous cross of the death of a loved one for you to feel like worthy of coming to him with those tears. And we all know like, when you are struggling, when you are weeping and you have to put on a brave face, and I'm not saying that means you should walk around with, you know, mascara marks <laughs> under your eyes all the time and always look like a hot mess that like you can't sometimes through the grace of God, pull yourself together when you're having a hard time. But there's a beauty in the freedom to be able to just do that. And when you have to put on a brave face because you either think, Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants, you know, it's like I have way too many people close in my my life who have lost um, children through miscarriage. And that pain and that heaviness of the cross that they carry of like not being able to hold their baby. And honestly, in the world we live in today, people are like, get over it, Mm -hmm. move on. And that like to hide 
and almost the shame of your pain is, is really like, it's wrong. Wrong. And Christ invites us. He's like, no. Mm, no. I will weep with you. I will weep with I you. I will weep with you openly, yeah. outwardly. I will be there. Yeah. And and I think it's so true that we almost don't have permission in this world. Mm. And and I think that's the only way to get through it. Mm. You can't you can't ignore it. You can't do it on your own. And when you bring it to Christ, that's the only way to bring healing. Mm. And I know that struggle is so deep for so many people. And for some people, maybe not. But even in those day-to-day mm-hmm. crosses, that child who's you're struggling with, maybe a marriage that's mm. not doing well, um, not bringing that to Christ is where the pain is real. And I feel like it's very different than what we see all the time where— you know, we're a sue happy world, right? Well, my God, it was too hot. So now I'm going <laughs> to sue McDonald's or, you know, this and this wrong thing happens to me and I'm upset. And, and that's not the same thing as lamenting and coming to Christ with your your sorrows. It's not a, I need to right this wrong. And I'm, not that you can't come to God with your anger in your fist because he's like, bring it on sister, right? But it's, it's not this like, oh, I need to, it's this like, I just need to, or my heart, whether it's anger or tears to you to just like invite you in to this innermost part of my soul that like you want to be part of. And that's Mary and Martha. Like he didn't shame them for coming to him. You know, mm. he's like, all right, I'm going to restore him. Go get Mary. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Right. And then Mary comes and and she says the same thing. And she, you know, and what I think was so beautiful about this is that I feel like this is kind of where I mean they're both awesome but this is where Martha gets to have the upper hand because she followed up her like where were you you could have saved him with I trust you mm. right yeah. and Mary did too right we don't just we just don't see those words but I bet they talked about it too oh sure. I just thought of that I bet, I bet sisters they are you about kidding that. they're like when Jesus gets here right because they both kind of said similar things that I feel like they had to have been like no but Jesus mm-hmm. no 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 Yes, we can be sad, but he's got a plan, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like they probably had this in their mind, but that's what prayer is. You know, mm. that's that we are praying, we're praying, we're praying. So when Jesus meets you and he answers you in whatever way he thinks is yep. the right way, mm-hmm. because our ways are not the right, right way. When he does finally answer us and we get to see that, which happens once in a while, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was ready for that because yeah. I waited yeah. and I prayed. But yeah. a lot of times we don't get to see that final. Yeah. Why right, am I going through this? Right. Once in a while, like in this situation, they got to see why. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So should we uh, do the last piece here? Yeah, sure. Okay. So then we have verse 38. Jesus raises Lazarus. Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to skip down. Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with bandages and his face wrapped with a cloth. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to them, unbind them, unbind him and let him go. All that waiting. Four days. Jesus, there's an odor. Yeah. Please don't. Come on. She believes. She trusts. But there's still a little like hesitancy. Oh, yeah. 
But then God fully reveals his plan to them. He Mm. fully shows them, I know what's best for you. Mm -hmm. I know you waited and I know you were in pain and I wept with you, but look, Mm -hmm. look at this. And from that, their faith was unbelievable. You could not match their faith. The disciples, you had all the followers. You even had the mourners who were there. That's so what happened. And later on, if you keep reading, you'll see that they go out and they tell people. Some of them even go to like the Sadducees and Pharisees and they're like, oh, something major happened. So you see, God had a plan. Jesus had this plan the whole time and it was for them. Mm. It was for their faith. And I think that is the whole purpose of why he had them go through that pain. And they got to see that purpose. Yeah. And I, I, my husband and I always say this, that like often like he's like pushing and stretching us. And I like often will say like, well, I have to trust God doesn't allow this or this isn't the way he designed our life or wants us to live because he knows our souls better than us. Like, and he has a greater plan that we won't see, like you said, like we won't, it won't necessarily always be revealed to us now, but it's like, because like it said, we go back to the beginning, right? Like he loved Martha and Mary and he clearly loved Lazarus. The one whom you love is ill. And so he waited mm. because he loved them. Like, I love you so much that I want to stretch your faith. I want to stretch your trust. Like I want to reveal this miracle for you. Like, I want this waiting. I want you to sit in that waiting so you can see how I can redeem something broken, something dirty, something literally dead and make it new again. And that's, I mean, isn't that the story for all of us, right? I think that's easy for me to be like, yeah, I can see him doing that for other people. I can see mm. I can see his love for John the apostle. I can see mm. his love for Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. I can see it. I can, oh yeah, it makes sense. But then when I turn it back on myself, would Jesus ever do that for me? Uh, you know, uh, like, right, it, right. <laughs> of course he would. I, the answer is always yes, but there's that like, I'm not worthy. Mm. Am I good enough? Am I holy enough? Well, of course the answer is no, but <laughs> Jesus is like, yes, I uh, love you. Yeah. I want that relationship with, with you. you. And Bishop Barron, I just love and adore. And I just want to like, one thing that he said was Lazarus, the meaning of his name means seeking the help of God. Bethany, the town that they were at is house of the afflicted. We mm-hmm. live in the house of the afflicted. We are in pain. We are mm. seeking the help of God. That's us. That's who we are. And if we can see ourselves in this story, if we can see that God wants that relationship with us, mm. God is showing that fully. Yeah, that's beautiful. Love it. Oh, Bishop. Yeah, he's like, Oh, well, that was a lot. There's a yeah. lot of meat in this. And um, we didn't read every part of uh, this reading. So definitely go back through John chapter 11, read it through because it's it's full. It's just yeah. beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Yes. Yeah. We're very humbled and excited about all this. So yeah. thank you so much. Amen. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.